Well, listen, I want to talk to you a little bit about what's coming up. The convergence event that's coming up on Tuesday night. You know, it's one thing to say the date. It's another thing to know. That's this coming Tuesday. It's like two days from today. Ivan, it's two days from today. Okay, just checking. I want to make sure you're... Rich, you tuned in. Two days. Listen, our prayer focus is about... It's called Kingdom Doors in 2024. Kingdom Doors. Each year, Tam and I pray and ask the Lord for a word. What are you saying? What do you want to say to the church? What is our direction for this coming year? And the church is this local body, but it's also the church. And we know that there are prophets and prophetic voices that are proclaiming things over the church. They're online. You know, everybody's an online prophet, and it's amazing. So we're not suggesting that we have the only word, but we have an important word. And I think it's going to be an eye-opener for all of you If you can uh, tune in to the Eagle's Nest at 7 o'clock, it's on Facebook, on the Mission Facebook page. You can find us. There's a little little prompt, a little red button that will be there. All you have to do is push that, and it'll take you right into the live broadcast. All right? So the words that we got for this year have to do with doors opening and closing. And, and, And it's really having to do with being reset, realigned, refocused, refreshed, and reignited. How many want to be reset, realigned, refocused, refreshed? If you begin to pay attention and watch what you're seeing and listen, listen to things, you'll begin to see these rewords popping up all over, all over the place. This is the season. The, 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 the word re is a, is a uh, prefix. And when that shows up before a word, it means that we're going to do something with the word that, it, that, that follows it. So when you're going to realign something, it means you're going to put back into alignment something that already was. Realignment is what chiropractors do. Reset is the same thing that would happen to you if a, if a breaker like tonight, t- today when the lights went out, we had to reset the lights. Somebody had to go and physically hit the switch and turn it back on. That's what resetting is. Refocus is when something is out of focus, you just grab the lens of the camera and twist it just a little bit, and things come back into focus. They were in focus, but they're out of focus, and you just nudge it a little bit. Most of these rewords don't, don't, don't require a lot of huge things to shift. They just require some things to shift. Uh, refresh is the same thing. Feel good, be rested, and then reignite is to burn again. I think it's time for the church to burn again, don't you? I think it's time for the church to burn again. Philippians 4.13 says, I'm ready for anything and equal to everything. And through him, who infuses me with inner strength and confident peace? Confident peace. Our theme for this month is peace. Let the peace of God reign and rule in your hearts and mind. Let peace lead you. Let peace be the thing that is the forerunner to all of your understanding. Be led forth in peace. Powerful. So if you're ready for all of this that I talked about, would you please stand with me? I want to just pray over you. Father, we thank you that in this season of doors, opening and closing, Father, you're the only one that can open some doors. You're the only one that can close some doors. And when those doors are closed, no man can open them. And when those doors are open, 
Father, no man can close them. And I believe, Father, you're moving through this group right here in this house and opening doors that no man could open and that no man can close. Holy Spirit, this is what you do. What you do in the earth is to anoint people and move them into positions and places that only you could do this. So, Father, we release this over this room right now in Jesus' name. Father, to be reignited, to be reset, realigned, refocused, refreshed, and then lit on fire, reignited. Father, thank you for, for blowing off, just blowing off all of the, all of the um, coals, all of the ashes that have been laying on the coals that have caused the flames to just subside. Clear off all the ashes. Blow off the ashes, Father, and begin to just reignite as only you can, Father, when the fire of your spirit begins to be released like we had this morning. And we thank you for that in Jesus' name. I want to just encourage all of you to just hang on to yourself. Because when we pray things like this, we fully expect it to happen. So we fully expect that in this house, there's going to be a refocus, a, re, a re, um, uh, resetting, realignment. Things put in order. And then, and then a, a, a reigniting. In Jesus' name. I want to just thank you. Uh, I want to thank, thank you. Maybe seated. Thank you, guys. Hey, I want to just highlight a couple things. You know, we talked about the, the prophecies in the house and how it was for everybody. The, the prophecies that are over the house are for all the individuals in the house. I want to tell you something. The mission has sent out uh, behind the scenes. There's a lot going on that happens in this church. I want to just make you aware of two or three of those. Anna Herrera over here was released to go with a Hispanic delegation to Israel and pray over Israel. We just had uh, Maurice, Maurice Arnold, just was the keynote speaker in a Martin Luther King celebration here in Vacaville. This was this last Monday. He absolutely killed it. <laughs> Regina Duncan and Marguerite uh, Leach have just come back from a trip to Jamaica where God gave them some understanding of the culture over Jamaica, the governments over Jamaica. And they prayed and did prophetic acts in Jamaica. Unbelievable. With their, with, um, wow, yeah, that uh, whole thing. And then Lucretia Arnold put together a, a conference and had uh, Kiana Ayers, Tammy Hawkins. I'm related to Tammy. And uh, they, they went to a conference yesterday and spoke. The group is called Serving Our Sisters, and the church is called Christian Body Life Fellowship here in Vacaville. They had about 40 or 50 women there, and it was spectacular, is the reports that I have heard back from Lucretia and from Kiana. I just want you to know that there is stuff happening in this house that is absolutely spectacular and shifting and changing the culture around us. Christine Schieber, where are you, Christine? Wave your hand. Christine Schieber was invited to come sit on a prophet's roundtable in Scotland. And she has just come back from that. If you guys want to know, want to have a fresh impartation, go see Christine this morning. She's passing out the goods. Listen, this is what's going on in the house. Who would ever suspect that Christine would be invited to go to a prophet's roundtable and sit on a table in a discussion group about what God's doing in the nations, but in Scotland, 
And our Christine is invited to the table. If you're invited to a table, it means you're invited to the table. It means that you're on status. You're on, you're on a ground there that is similar to everybody else that's invited to the table. You don't get invited into a place as a secondary person. You're invited in. I just want to tell you that this is an amazing place. God is doing amazing things here at the mission. And we are excited about what God's doing. So you guys, listen, we're the mission. We are the mission. Hey, let's all stand one more time. And let's welcome the senior leader of the mission, Dave Crumlin. Good job, Mark. Good job. Thank you, Mark. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Uh, There are great, great things happening. And you're part of it. And this is this is part of what I was speaking a couple of weeks ago when I talked about it's time for new stories, right? Time for new stories that are the next generation will look back and say, wow, what did, what did God do there? And you get to be part of those things. And it's the people rising up within the body to take their place to fulfill their mission. Why don't we turn off those lights one more time and we can all decide to go home. All right, <clears throat> very quickly, uh, we do have a meeting this next, Tuesday, uh, next Sunday right after service for Guatemala. For those that would be interesting to, interested to go to Guatemala, I think you got a video to quickly show there. Joe, if you could do that, like, real quick, just put it on fast speed. Okay, I think we might have some sound on that too. These are some of the things that are happening there. Thank you to all of you for your continued support in making the dreams of these children a reality. We're excited to update you on the completion of a few of our projects. We have a huge grand reopening where we welcome people from all the surrounding villages. They met our new medical staff as well as saw the updated and incredible finish to the new clinic. They were blown away by the services that we will now be able to offer them through the Mercy Clinic. Also, we have a brand new sports court completed. Three levels of basketball for smaller children, medium children, and older children. Also, one of the projects that we started at the very beginning of Catalina was to complete the main Casa Angelino Road. Due to the faithfulness of some of our partners who raised money, this summer we were able to begin to work on completing the road. And by the end of 2023, we will have the road fully completed. This is a miracle to see one of the things that started at the very beginning of Casa Angelino now become complete. We want to thank every single team member who came down and sacrifice their time, their money, and their energy to build Casa Angelina. In 2023, we added an additional seven widows to the program and already have scheduled an additional eight homes for 2024. Thank you to everyone who continues to support the beautiful widows program that we have. All right.
Thank you. Thank you, Joe. Yeah, so if you're interested in going, uh, we, Deb and I were there. Uh, I was, at least. I don't remember if Deb was there at the first time we went there. Uh, at the very beginning of this project, and uh, one of the homes that are there that we helped build at that time uh, is called Amy's House, which is our daughter's, uh, dedicated to our daughter who passed away. So it's a wonderful place, and if you'd love to go, and they'll be doing some uh, some labor work, uh, but mostly playing with the kids and ministering to the children and then ministering to the villages that are all around uh, the, the orphanage. So next Sunday, but it would really be helpful if you'd sign up in the foyer, uh, you'll get all the information next Sunday. But sign up this week if you're interested in going, okay? It's going to be amazing. Okay, I have only one comment on the 49er game yesterday. I raise a hallelujah in the presence of my enemies. I raise a hallelujah louder than my unbelief. Come on. And, and for, for Ryan's sake, I say, go Chiefs. Just for Ryan. Just for Ryan. So he and I cannot sit in the same house when we're in some of these games. Ryan would be with you when he actually was, was scheduled to speak. Called me about 6 o'clock this morning, and his, one of his teeth just went off. Uh, extreme pain. He's, uh, he's home in bed uh, trying to fight it off until he can get to the dentist tomorrow. So he's not with us today, so I get the opportunity to bring some, some word, and, and uh, wow, the time. Uh, you're going to have to listen fast, okay? So I'm going to go through this. Um, so let's go to <clears throat> 1 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 3, uh, chapter, uh, verse 24, excuse me, verse 24 through 27, and Paul gives us a life lesson here from the world of the athlete, all right? So listen up. 24, where are you? Did I say chapter 3? Oh, I'm sorry. Chapter 9. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to get to this here in a minute. Looking at two things at once. Lord, help me. I started at, three, at 6 o'clock this morning, so help me. And I have not preached this message before. Although I have talked about it a little bit in our staff. Here we go. It's from the New Living Testament. Don't you realize that in a race, everyone runs, but only one person gets the prize. So, run to win. All athletes are disciplined in their training. They do it uh, to win a prize that will, fa- will fade away, but we do it for an eternal prize. So I want, run with purpose in every step. I am not shadow boxing. I discipline my body like an athlete, training it to do what it should. Otherwise, I fear that after preaching to others, I myself might be disqualified. I don't intend to speak to you um, as an athletic authority. I mean, look at my body. Come on. But I, I can speak to you as one who loves to win. How many of you love to win? Well, you might be in the wrong church if you're not raising your hand, because we love to win. God loves to help us win in this world, right? And uh, one of the things that happened years ago, I was uh, in my early 20s, and my, my uh, mentor and my senior pastor, 
I was on staff with him, and we would, he, he was a handball champion in the state of Oregon when he was younger. So he wanted to teach me to play racquetball. I'd never played it before. No, he wanted to teach me to play racquetball. No, he didn't. No, he didn't play handball anymore. Too rough on the hands. He was getting old, you know, older. So he was going to teach me how to do that. And we got into the court. And within 15 minutes, I was sitting in the corner of the court, fully exhausted. And so he, he, point, he, he gave me 18 points out of 21. That's where we start. I had 18 points. He had zero. And he would win 21 to 18. And this went on for a period of months. We played three times a week. And I learned to lose. Right? And then it would get, then he finally could see I was making some progress. And so he would go down to, you know, 12 points. Start with, I'd get 12 points and he'd get, 12, he'd get zero. And he would beat me 21 to 15. And we progressed over a, a, time, a year's time. But I remember the date December the 3rd. We had just had a banquet the night before. And we went into the court. And now he was not giving me any points at all. Because I'd progressed. And so we got into the court. And we started playing. And I beat him. 21 to 18. And you should have heard the cry in the courts. I was so excited. I love to win. From that moment on, we were even. We played back and forth all the time. He was the most, most uh, aggressive. And, huh? Drew? Yeah. You, you remember Bob. George. George and I were there with Bob together. And uh, he was just the most, he just had to win. And I loved it when I won. Because I love to win, and I believe God wants us to win. Last, last week, uh, Ryan spoke on complete surrender as the key to winning in this year. Complete surrender. And I want to kind of go off of that this morning and talk about complete surrender to the process that God has for us. I think one of the more difficult things for us to surrender to is surrender is our will and our time. Our will and our time. To surrender to God's process of time and purpose. It requires patience and it requires faith. In 1 Samuel, we see where Hannah goes and she's weeping at the altar. And the priest comes and, and blesses her and gives her a prophetic word that God would give her a child. So she goes home. She's happy. She goes home. And it says, in the process of time, she conceived and bore a child. <clears throat> the things of God don't happen instantaneously. There is a process that we have to yield ourselves to, that we, we have to give ourselves to the process for that to happen. Hannah had to give herself to a process. Things had to be ha- happening. She had to make choices. There was ultimately pain in the process. But she had to yield to the process in order to, be, to accomplish the purpose. Most of you know that I was in a car accident when I was 19 years of age. And since then, I've lived with a limp and with pain. 
for, you know, the 20 years since then. <laughs> yeah, it's a long time. It is a long time. George has never known me without a limp until now. So uh, most of that pain came, obviously, in my leg. It was damaged quite a bit, my leg and, and my ankle. So last year, in 2022, September of 2022, I had a, a knee replacement. And a year later, had the ankle, a year later to the day, had the ankle replaced. So I am bionic on this side. So I can take you on here. Here, not so much. <clears throat> but in between those operations, I had to rehab my knee. And then I, I'm rehabbing my ankle now. So in those, in those months, many months, I had physical therapy. How many of you have had physical therapy for an injury? All right, so you will relate to what I'm going to talk about this morning over the next just a uh, little bit of time. Right? So I want to talk about what I've learned about surrendering to the process through physical therapy. All right? Say PT. It means torture. <laughs> so here's some things I learned, and I'm going to do this really quickly. First of all, movement is life. Movement is life. When I woke up from the surgery of my knee, and I'm laying in the hospital bed with all kinds of stuff that's wrapped around my knee and, and all of that, by about two hours later, a physical therapist walks in and says, let's get up. <laughs> I don't want to get up. I mean, I was drugged, so I was like, yeah, sure. Let's do <laughs> and we got out of that bed, and I... I had a, had a walker, so I had some stability. And I started putting full weight on that leg just a few hours after surgery. Why? Because movement is life. And I remember that first step, my leg bowed in like this, just boom, my knee. And I said, there's something wrong. This didn't work. They put it in backwards. <laughs> and she just laughed at me. She says, no, no, no. Here, I'm going to teach you how to put your foot down in a way that will correct that. And she did. And I, I thought, you've you got to be crazy. I felt that. I, I don't have any strength there. And I put my foot the way she did, and I stepped down, and it was strong. Movement is life. See, staying, staying where we are really is not an option if you want to win in this life. There's movement that's necessary Physically, emotionally, spiritually, moving under the instruction of the Holy Spirit. You know, the lepers outside of Samaria, when, when there was famine in Samaria and the enemy had come and surrounded Samaria, and they were sitting there and they're saying to each other, we're hungry. But if we go into the city, they'll kill us because we're not supposed to be in there. We're not supposed to be in the city. We're a leper. We have to be outside the, outside the walls. And besides, there's no food there. They're eating bird dung in there. So they say, oh, what do we can't go there? Well, if we go to the enemy's camp, it's very possible they'll kill us. 
but they've got food. So why, they say, why do we sit here? Why do we sit here when there's food over there? And they get up and they go in there and find, of course, that all the people are gone, but they left all their food. And they were able to feed themselves and the city of Samaria. Why do we sit here? That need, that's a question we need to ask ourselves at time. Why are we sitting here? Why are we not moving with the flow of the Holy Spirit? Why aren't we going for, our, going for our dreams and going after the things that are in our heart to do? We just sit there, but movement is life and produces life. Spiritual at- atrophy is deadly. Don't accept the status quo when the status quo is not moving you anywhere. Don't accept the status quo <laughs> when it's not moving you anywhere. Spiritual atrophy is deadly. In our, in our walk with the Lord and learning about, if you think you know God, fully know God, if you think you know and understand fully the word, you are an idiot. Our theology needs to be a living theology. Where we're constantly learning. We're constantly growing in how our understanding of God is. Otherwise, it's petrified theology. See, a petrified rock is a rock. It no longer used to be a a living thing. used to have roots down into the ground and soil and drawing up nutrients and producing fruit. But if we don't move, we become petrified in our theology, if we're not learning, continuing to learn. Favor follows your feet. So add, move, add, add movement to your winning strategy. James 5, 8 says this, be patient, establish your heart. And the word establish is a great word. It means to turn resolutely in a direction. We need to turn resolutely in a direction and start moving. In that direction. Start making a movement towards your prophetic words. And you'll find that they'll come towards you. Start moving towards your promises. And they will start moving towards you. Moving is life. And produces life. If you feel stuck. Move. Move. Right? Say it with me. Very good. One more time. Oh, come on. You can do better than that. Come on. Sound like a bunch of cows. Here we go. All right. Movement is life. Secondly, pain is an ind- can be an indication that you're taking new territory. Pain isn't... An- this is really good, huh? I mean, that's not good. It's good. I had to live this. I had to live this. Yeah, move on to the next one. This is like... So when, when I started, you know... You, you, you have this surgery and you lay in bed with your leg fairly straight at first and then they start getting you up walking. But there is atrophy that, that begins to set in in the, in the leg. And so you go to physical therapy and one of the things you do in physical therapy is, uh, you know, it's like the Spanish Inquisition. Yeah. You know, it's the torture because you, your leg doesn't bend like it should at first. And so you have to make it bend. So you, take a, you lay down on the, on, the, on the mat and you take a strap and you put it, you bend your knee as far as you can, you put it on, the, on your foot back there and you pull 
as tight as you can. You strain as hard as you can to pull that leg and you hold it there for 10 seconds and you let it go. Then, you, then she says, okay, we're going to do 10 of those. <laughs> the next time you come in, say, we're going to do two sets of those 10 of those. And it was literally torture. You are in pain that's a pain, kind of pain that you have to go through. Otherwise, you never, your leg will never bend like it's supposed to. You see, it's so important to understand that some of the pain we go through is actually telling you you're making progress. You're actually taking territory that you didn't have before. With my knee, I kept getting territory. And it was so exciting when they take measurements, right? And it had increased, 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 increased. It's so wonderful. Kim knows this because Kim went through it too. Deb knows this. She's gone through it with her, with her hips. It's just, it's just so important to understand and to have that perspective so that you're willing to go through those things that you don't want to go through. There's the pain of confronting the resistors in us that we have to go through if you want to advance, advance anywhere. Because really the, the biggest block to where you want to go is you. Look at the person next to you and say, he's talking about you. <clears throat> and so we have to face the resistors and those resistors, facing those resistors can be very painful. There's the, there's the pain of change. Don't you love that one? Because moving forward will always stretches and cause resistance. And the pain of change is real. It's real. And sometimes we don't like it. But if we want to move forward, if we want to win, if we want to see the things that God's put in our heart to happen... We have to understand that there's going to be some pain. There's going to be some resistance because the enemy always stands on territory that belongs to you. And you have to take it back. You have to take it back. And you can draw the line and say, okay, you're not coming back here anymore. But all of a sudden he tries to step across that line. You have to take it back again. Taking territory is painful. I know you love this part. And living by faith is hearing God and attacking the roadblocks that are in front of us. And the key to that is obedience. It's having faith to hear the Lord and believe that he is, he is with us. And then out of obedience, we move the direction he's calling us to. And when we do that, pain will follow. Don't you love that? Because you're taking territory. You're taking territory. Know that you are. Have you stopped because you became uncomfortable in the process? Have you found yourself, you realize, oh, wait a minute, I I stopped because it just got too uncomfortable. I didn't keep going after the dream because it just got too uncomfortable. It got too painful. Listen, you you were taking territory, but you stopped. It's time to get back on that horse and press through the pain. And take that territory that God's given you. Go back to the last instruction you had that God gave you. You say, I, I just, it's just lost. I don't know. Go back to the last thing God said to you and start doing that. And yes, you'll run into opposition. That tells you that prophesies your victory. 
But you have to press through it. Yeah. So I, get, I got done with all the physical therapy for my knee. Then I had my, had my ankle done. Now I get to do it all over again. My ankle's got to get it moving, right? Got to get it moving. There's pain involved. All right, you still with me? Okay, uh, number three. Rest is as important as exertion. Rest is just as important as exertion. So I get in there and I, 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 I know numbers, right? I'm kind of a numbers guy. And so they said to me, <clears throat> and it wouldn't matter what it was. They would say, okay, we want to do three, ten, three reps of 10 each. I immediately go to 30, right? So I'm going boom, 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 boom. Not resting at all, just going all the way to 30. And she says to me, she's a Filipino gal, really sweet gal. And, and uh, we've really connected because we've been in the Philippines many times. And uh, so she says to me, wait, what are you doing? I'm getting it done, right? At 30. I said, no, no, no. I said three sets of 10. So you're to rest after every 10 because that rest is as important as the exercise. And what do we do with that rest? We stop. We let our body settle. We take deep breaths, take it in, take it in oxygen, and then do 10 more and then take rest. Do two. It doesn't have to be long. It's like I don't rest the next hour. <laughs> Am I done? No, I'm not done. And it, it's really hard for me to do that because I want to just get it done, right? So we're supposed to, you know, lift our leg this certain way and count to ten, and for 10 seconds. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, right? <laughs> she goes, what are you doing? Count to 10. I didn't say 10. Count to 10. I said 10 seconds. Oh. Rest and doing it properly is as important as the exercise itself. We need to, re- we need to rest in a way that feeds our inner man. It's not just simply not doing anything. In fact, most of the time it is doing something. There is activity in rest. And we, and we, can, re- we can go after life in an attitude of rest and being in rest. Rest is, absolute, is, is not absolute inactivity. Psalms 23 says, he makes me lie down in green pastures and leads me beside still waters. He restores my soul. That's what we need, isn't it? A restoration of our soul. And that word, it says, he makes me lie down. It's almost like he takes hold of me and he throws me down and says, you will rest. (laughs) But that's not what it means. It literally means he makes a place of lying. He makes a place for us to rest. But we have to choose to do it. We have to say, okay, I'll take that moment, those few minutes, that hour. Take a nap. uh, Yeah, really, take a nap every once in a while. That rest is important. doesn't matter when it is. Physical rest is important. Emotional rest, spiritual rest, where we, just, where we just breathe in the Spirit of God. We just breathe Him in. 
Like this morning, that's what we were doing. As we were exalting him, we we were breathing him in. Rest is just important as exertion. And in a society that values accomplishment, in a society that values even church culture, that, uh, uh, you know, encourages taking it on. Rest is as important as taking it on. In fact, rest in the, mo- in the motion of taking it on. You still with me? Yeah. All right. And, and then it, along with that, faster and harder does not produce quicker results. I went to the doctor, I went to the doctor and we'd been maybe six weeks, six week checkup. I said to him, okay, I want to know, when do I know that I have pushed too hard and that I should, you know, I need to back off? He said, let me tell you what you're thinking. He said, you're thinking that if you do it faster, if you push harder, the healing process will not take as long. He said, it's not true. Your body will take its time to heal, and you have to give it time to heal. Yeah, but how? No. <laughs> he said, it's going to take a year. I thought, not me. I started coming into the office. I started going to all the things we had. You know, I'd go to the uh, Sunday, Sunday morning here and Sunday night, you know, and I'm hardly walking. And I get up there on Sunday night and I'm, I'm supposed to be an ignite. I'm supposed to be really just like helping encourage people. And I'm like, yeah, what am I doing here? Kim, Kim saw me. She said, what on earth are you doing here? So you, you should not be here. You're still healing. It was true. <laughs> Faster and harder does not produce quicker results. Healing process God wants to take you through. Listen, some of you have been bruised and beaten. There's things that have been broken in you and God's repairing those things. Don't give up on the process. Don't get anxious in the moment. Let God take you through the process. Stumble a little bit. It's okay. But just stay in the process that God's doing with you. And sometimes there will be pain. But you've got to keep moving because movement is life. And don't try to push it. But don't hold it back either. Right? I could have stopped going to physical therapy. I wanted to. I thought it'd be a really good idea. Huh. Doesn't work. Okay, the last thing, and this is, this is really important. Hey, I'm doing good. Jesus, you're, Jesus, you're good. It's a good thing I didn't have much time to prepare this, isn't it? It would really be long. Don't endure the process alone. Why do you go to physical therapy? Because if they gave you the exercise to do at home, it would never get done. You needed somebody to stand there and say, that's, that's really good. That's really good. No, no, you don't do it that way. It's People that have been trained for that. In our life, I would say it's not so much the people that have been trained in those things, but people who have gone before you. 
Walk with those who have experienced what you've experienced, and they've come to healing. I tell you, Kim was a, a lifesaver for me. She really was. Because I got, got to a place, I'm thinking, it's not working right. Something's happening. I've, ta- I've taken one step forward and ten steps back. And I talked to Kim and says, oh, yeah, that's how it works. I go to my doctor. Yeah, no, no, you're okay. No, but doc, no, it's okay. Yeah, but you don't, no, it's okay. Because it's somebody that's gone before you. And Kim would, you know, would share her experiences with me. And it would so help me to understand the process that I was going through. And it involved time and obedience. Time and faith. And so it's really important to walk with somebody in this process. Don't isolate. Don't walk alone. Oh, please, 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 please don't walk alone. Don't walk alone. Find somebody, a friend, and especially a friend that's gone through it. Connect with people of wisdom, not just experience. Not everybody that's had experience in what you're going through has done it right. Has come to the right conclusion. You want to walk with people of wisdom, not just experience. I've yeah, I had people say something, well, uh, well, like this, I, I, I've walked a long time in life. I'm 72 years old. That's where you're supposed to say, oh, no, he's no son. <laughs> you let me down. You let me down, my brother. My brother. <laughs> yeah. And I'll say to people, I, you know, I've done this a lot of times. It doesn't make me an expert in it. It just makes me experienced. And there are people that have walked through stuff and they they end up battered worse. That's not the person you want to connect with. You want someone who has wisdom in that. And they, they don't necessarily have experienced the exact same thing, but they have the wisdom of the Lord. And you need them to walk you through what you're going through right now. Do not isolate. Connect with those who walk with God. See, those who are not meant for the season you're in will stifle your growth. If you walk with those that are not, they can, they can still be friends. I'm not talking about that. You don't shut them off. But the person you want to rock, walk with you through that experience and into the, into the things of God it needs to be somebody for that season. And if it's out of season, if they're out of season, it will stifle your growth. It will hold you back. And I think one of the things, one of the things you can gauge that by is when you're with them, how do you feel when you leave their presence? Are you encouraged or have you been slandering somebody else? Are you encouraged? Are you, are you finding yourself thinking, I can do this? Or it's like nobody's been able to do this. Right? Or they start to feed you their, their dysfunction. 
right? So you leave feeling more dysfunctional than you were when you met with them. But if you leave them feeling, man, God is good. Right? I can do this now. I can make it one more day like this. Then those are the people you want to connect with. And most importantly, journey through this with the Holy Spirit. He is the one that does exceedingly abundantly above all we can ask or think according to the power that works in us. That's him. So this is really important. He is our best friend. He is absolutely our best friend and he has everything you need. Uh, That doesn't mean you don't need the people around you. You do. Because part of his commission to us is to live in community. But he is all we need. Give me Jesus, right? Give me Jesus. And with this, Proverbs 3, 5, and 8, I've been really living in this uh, in the last probably three or four weeks. And just asking the Lord, what does this mean? So uh, we'll, just, we'll just end on this. Uh, and Ryan will be proud of me. I didn't go too long. Can I say something about Ryan? I know he's my son. You know he's my son. No secret. He's not my secret son. <laughs> One of the things, and this is, this is kind of just an aside. You, you go with me on this? Go on. I am so proud of him. When he stands up and he reads from Scripture... What you don't know is that he's been dyslexic since a little boy. And reading in public, he couldn't do it until he started to do it here and made himself do it and made himself read to you. And you, you can hear him now. He reads it really good. He gets some of, the, some of those names none of us do any good with. <laughs> but I'm very proud of him for that. That's a miracle. I tell you, it's an absolute miracle. But we come back to this. He submitted to the process and said, I can't let this stop me from the call on my life. He went through the pain of reading clumsily in public. Can you imagine? Until he could read, taking each word, focusing, Because each word would flip on him. Listen, if he can do it, you can do it. Whatever it is, the process, committing yourself to the process, yielding to the process will bring the victory in your life. So Proverbs 3, sorry, 5 and (laughs) 8. says, trust in the Lord with all your heart (laughs) and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge him and he shall direct your path. Do not be wise in your own eyes. Fear the Lord, depart from evil. It will be health to your flesh and strength to your bone. Okay. Here's the, here's the part I always want to focus on for just right now. And it's just not going to take long. I just want to mention it. In all your ways acknowledge him and he will direct your path. What does it mean to do that? Just, I mean, just like real superly quick. 
is in all of life, be aware of his presence. In all of life, understand that his wisdom is available. In all our ways, in all of our life, understand his authority over our life and his authority to veto the direction we're going or the choices we make and to give us wisdom and, and to help us, guide us in our plan. It's, it's recognizing that in the moment, as we walk through all of life, the awareness of him and all that he is, is right here, right now. That's living in the presence, living, acknowledging him. But it also means that in all of our journeys, we make him known. We make him known. To, to in all our ways acknowledge him is not only to recognize he's here, but it's also to recognize that we now are a representation of who he is in the world we live in. You get this? Isn't that amazing? In all our ways, acknowledge him and he will direct our path. He'll show us which way to go, which way not to go. He will lead us, but it's process. You don't win in racquetball the first time you play racquetball with a guy who was a handball champion in Oregon. It felt like an eternal process. But if you go through the process, you can win. Last week, Ryan, go ahead and stand. I know your last time. Last time to stand. You have to stand to get out of here anyway. <laughs> Ministry team, why don't you come on down front? I hope this has been helpful to you. It's been my process, my life, part of my life message now. And I want to say that I, I, I don't know how to say how good my leg feels now. I've not known life like this in a long time. So thank you for your prayers. And some of you are praying for my elbow and my shoulder. And that's okay too, because yeah, it's all, it's all good. Last week, Ryan gave an opportunity for those who recognize that they have a place in their life that's not fully surrendered to God. You remember this? I don't think he remembered it because I think it went by so quickly at the end. He was, he was getting to somewhere else. But he made this statement. If you, ha- you, and I have, you need, need a place in your life where you recognize you're not fully surrendered. And I want to give that offer again this morning. Because really no one responded to it. I didn't either. And I thought, wait a minute. There are places in my life. And there are places probably in everyone in this room, there's a place where we have yet to fully surrender that to the process God wants to walk us through. And we have balked at the process or we have just simply taken control of it and said, this is mine. Everything else is God's. This is mine. And today can be, can be a breakthrough day for you to recognize, yep, there really is. Otherwise, oh no, oh no. 
We can be like the Pharisees. No, no, nothing wrong with us. Nothing wrong with me. Nothing out of alignment with me. Nothing that hasn't been fully surrendered me. Because look at me. Or we can say, yeah, God, there really is. And I want that to be changed. I know that there will be pain involved. But I'm going to do it because movement is life. Movement is life. You say sometimes, well, why, why do we have to get out of our chair and move down front if we... Because movement is life. It changes your focus. It changes your, your attitude. It, it readjusts things when you are willing to step out and say, yeah. Jesus, every time he healed, if you read about it in the New Testament, he asked them to do something. And most of it's movement. Take up your bed and walk. Movement's life. So if you uh, recognize, just take a moment right now. Close your eyes. Just take a moment. Say, Father, reveal to me. Holy Spirit, reveal to me. You are the revealer of truth. You are a guide. You guide us into all truth. So we ask you, like David, if there is anything in me that doesn't line up with you, that doesn't represent you, that is a place that I've taken ownership of and not given over in total surrender to you and show me that I might give it up to you and surrender it to you. Now, if you have anything like that, there's no shame in this. Shame is to keep it unsurrendered. So if you have that in your life, come down, come on, right now. You got, God's pointing something out. It might not be everybody, that's okay, because God, God is processed with you. It's sometimes he's going to and sometimes he's not. But you know there's a place in your life that's unsurrendered. It can be a big place, it can be a little tiny place. It hides very well. I'm, I'm down here, by the way, not because I'm preaching, because I'm, I'm standing with recognition of unsurrendered places in my heart. So let's pray. Those of you who've come down here, thank you so much for your vulnerability. So, Father, I pray for all of us that are here, down here, just saying, we surrender all. All to Jesus, I surrender. And I want you that are down here, just name that place before the Lord. You don't do it out loud, but just name that place before the Lord and say, God, this place I have hidden away as my own. I have taken full control of it, and I now yield to you I now yield to you that place and name it before him. Name it before him. Confess before the Lord. This is the place that I have allowed myself to take authority. And I've stopped the process because it was uncomfortable, because it was hurtful. And I now yield it to you. Say, it's all yours. It's all yours. 
it's all yours. Give me Jesus. Give me Jesus. You can have all this world. You can have all this world. Give me Jesus. Give me Jesus. You If you need prayer this morning, ministry team is down here. Those of you who've come down, just stay soaking in the presence right now. Just just have your conversation with the Lord. The kind of conversation that only you can have. I can't have it for you. Nobody else can. But you can have that conversation with Him. And if you would like prayer, our ministry team is down front here. Just come on down. They'd love to pray with you. There are... um, prophetic teams available this morning if you need a prophetic word over your life you need to hear the voice of the Lord over something or just generally in your life you can line up right in the back over there and they will they will do a they do a wonderful job of hearing from the Lord and speaking into your life they would love to do it for you to, this morning even if you're visiting and you've never done it before it's a wonderful experience as God releases a word of knowledge uh, a prophetic word over uh, through them into your life. It's just a wonderful thing. So God bless you. Have a great, great day in the Lord. You're welcome to come on, make these altars your place this morning. And otherwise, we'll see you next week. Uh, Friday night. I knew there was something. Friday night at the well. Friday night at the well.
to you.